Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Wednesday Inspiration. My name is Fernanda. I am back after a couple of weeks with Dr. Linda Marquez, of course, who was amazing at doing the last two shows on her own with, of course, amazing guests. Uh, I'm very happy to be back here with you all today. And of course, talking about a topic that may be a little bit uncomfortable for some people, but it really, really uh, impacts and influences in a way everybody because we all poop. <laughs> so the topic for today is the benefits of colon therapy. And we have a wonderful guest today, Dr. Linda, how are you doing today? I'm great. Welcome back. It's nice to have you back. I know we were, you were gone for a couple of weeks, but as I mentioned to, to our viewers that, you know, we all need to take a break at times and just kind of unplug. And also in life, we have to follow our own advice that we give to others. And I thought, I think you did an amazing job. I didn't bother you. I'm a, I, I didn't get on social media a whole lot. I know when I take my, my little retreats and my vacation, because we're really there to unplug and mm -hmm. to focus on self so that we can give more to the world. So I'm so happy that, that you did that. It's nice to have you back. And yes, I think you're really going to connect I know you and, and our guests were chit-chatting a little bit before we came on live, but it's going to be an amazing topic, and I think we should just get into it. It's pretty fresh for you. Uh, you know, yes, a little. So I know you're really excited, literally fresh for you, so <laughs> we can discuss that. And anyways, but let's bring um, our guest on. She is, um, her name is Julie Martin. She has been in the health and wellness field for over 17 years and her focus is on holistic health. And she's got some great certifications. One, she's a licensed massage therapist. Two, she's also a Reiki master if you've ever, if you've ever, um, had the opportunity to experience that you know how amazing that is reiki and also with a lot of changes going on with people's lives she's also a life transition coach but most of all you know we brought her on because she is a holistic nutritionist and she does specialize in gut health however let me tell you this she uses a modality a special modality that maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with and has a lot of benefits and because of this she uses a modality known as colon um, hydrotherapy and you know it allows her really to scale up that health mountain with her clients so much faster than traditional medicine because we know that um, your gut is related to everything literally to hormone health to brain health to heart health i mean if you're in pain everything really does come back to the to the gut as hippocrates says all disease literally does begin in the gut. Mm -hmm. And so I know today is going to be an, an amazing conversation and you're going to have some of your answers, your, a lot of your questions answered. Um, and let's bring her on. Yes. Julie. Oh, Julie. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Julie. I'm super excited. Like Dr. Linda mentioned, I'm very fresh with the experience myself. I actually had two colon hydrotherapy sessions just last week. That was my first time ever having hydro uh, colon hydrotherapy. And if I can share a little bit of my story, I was actually very hesitant and very nervous about it because I've never had it before. Uh, and it was such a great liberating free 
um, experience for me and I can see and, I, and then I started informing myself a little bit more about the benefits and that kind of brought on the whole idea of you know let's do a topic on this because one it's not very common two it's not something that people want to or talk about commonly but third it's so important because like that Carolina mentioned it's connected with so many different aspects in in our health so thank you for being with us today well, thank you so much. And I so appreciate the fact that you have that experience really fresh in your mind so you can help, you know, support and answer any other input that the anybody on Facebook might have. But colon hydrotherapy, my main premise is to make people feel comfortable about their poop. Let's just say it. I mean, we all are the same. We all eat and sleep and go to the bathroom the same way. And answering questions, giving information, letting people know the benefits, um, how the process happens and all that really calms a person into considering colon hydrotherapy. And that has been my passion when I first became a colon hydrotherapist is to make clients comfortable and to understand their body and to embrace what their body is telling them because their, their, their gut is their best friend. And so colon hydrotherapy along with, like Dr. Linda said, brain health and cardiac health and hormones and all that is so important because the colon is the last step in the digestive system. And people do not think of it as part of the digestive system, but it is, it's a huge part of the digestive system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So talking a little bit more about the colon and the digestive system, can you maybe just explain how does the colon function in that, in that whole system? What's the, okay. what's the good, good question. And the colon is, as I call it, it's the last step in the digestive tract. It's basically the trash can. It is mm -hmm. the body's, last receptacle before it evacuates or releases out. The colon speaks to the rest of the body. So it's kind of like, I like to put things in layman terms. I really like to talk in basic terms. It's like a conveyor belt. And if your conveyor belt is getting bogged down and loaded up, it slows everything down. The body senses that. The body senses it. The colon says to the rest of the system, slow down digestion, slow down repairing of other parts in your body, slow down your metabolic rate, slow everything down because we really need to take care of moving the waste out of the body. Now the colon is a muscle and a lot of people don't, they don't think of it as a muscle, but it is a muscle. Just like going to the gym, it needs exercise. And if we are not having continual routine bowel movements that are regular and of the amount of the food that we consume. Um, these are things to, to look at to make sure that that is happening. Um, make sure that you're not going, oh, I, we're made to be like puppies. We're made to be, you eat, you release, you eat and you release. But through everything we go through with stress and everything just in everyday life, the colon is the organ that really takes the brunt of everything. So getting back to it being a muscle, we need to strengthen it. Colon hydrotherapy is very good at strengthening it. Also, the colon, when it receives the waste or the all the food that's been broken down in the small intestine, it's very liquidy. 
And the colon's secondary job is to extract that liquid to hydrate the body. And it sort of is a recirculation program. Well, if we are bogged down in the colon, we're not releasing, that water is being extracted through what I call a dirty sponge. And it's just recirculating back into the body. So just to recap, the colon, main two things to use as a muscle, it, it contracts and it moves waste out through the body and to absorb the liquid from the waste before and to hydrate the body. So those are the two main huge purposes of the colon. So can you kind of elaborate a little bit on, I know a lot of people may just kind of to have a visual, it's like everything starts in the mouth, yeah. <laughs> you know, everything we put in here and has to, and we release it through the anus. Mm -hmm. Okay. However, there's, there's a lot that happens from one time it enters and releases. And when you're talking about the colon, or what are you referring to for people that may not understand it? Because you have the small intestine, you have the large intestines, or you refer, which one are you referring to more as far as colon therapy? Okay, thank you. Because the term gut, let's just start with the term gut. When people talk about gut health, it can be everywhere from the whole digestive from your stomach to your anus to your releasing. You've got your stomach, your pancreas, moving to your right side, you have your liver, your gallbladder, mm -hmm. then your food goes into your small intestine where all the nutrients are absorbed. It's about on average, oh, there's any estimates from like 18 to 20 feet long, if you were to extend it from the small intestine. So the small intestine does not have waste in it. That's where all the good nutrients are absorbed. When the waste goes into the colon or large intestine, the words colon and large intestine can be used synonymously together. It goes into the large intestine, which is about 10, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 feet long, if you were to measure it out. Um, and then that is the organ that is basically the last portion, the last part of the pipe that is releasing the waste. There are a few nutrients that are still absorbed in it, some uh, of your good bacteria. But if your colon is backed up, all those benefits are not being taken advantage of. Um, I hope that answered your question. I, if it didn't. <laughs> it does, just so that people kind of get a visual and understand, because when you talk about, you know, gut health, like you said, it starts from, you know, it's the first when you, you take a bite of something and you start producing, you know, the salivary glands start kicking in to the very last part of just eliminating it. So a lot right. of people may not be familiar with that. Well, and so, um, go ahead. But, and I, I kind of refer to it just to layer on top of that. It's it's just like with if you're making if you're making a cake or something, you every step is integral in the whole digestive mm -hmm. process for the body to work optimally. So in the stomach, you've got your your gastric juices, you have your enzymes that helps to pre in the saliva, like you said, backing it up with the mouth and the saliva stomach with the gastric juices then it moves over to the liver and the gallbladder and i call it kind of like the dawn detergent that is where your bile from your liver is injected onto your fats your proteins mm -hmm. to further break down your food then the small intestine absorbs those nutrients it assimilates mm -hmm. it then it goes to the large intestine or the colon for the waste so the body is really a simple 
process. It really truly is. It has like four main stages. Um, mm -hmm. But it's also one thing about the colon to understand people ask about like the shape, you know, they just think that it's just like a, a smooth tube. It actually is kind of like shaped like a vacuum hose. It has little mm -hmm. ridges in it. And those are called diverticula. We all have diverticula. That's normal. But what happens when waste gets stuck in those diverticula, again, from the colon extracting out the way or the water from the waste, it can get stuck to the sides of the wall and those little pockets can get impacted. That's what we call diverticulosis. And that's when they kind of expand into a little bit larger of a pocket than they were meant to be. When those pockets get inflamed, that's when we get diverticulitis. Mm -hmm. So Understanding the shape of your colon is really important to know what to do, what to eat, what to drink, things like that, so that when food gets into the colon, it is already properly digested and assimilated and everything, and it's easier on the colon to eliminate it. Got it. I hope that, that kind of clarifies for a lot of people. <laughs> Talking about the, the sponge, going back to the sponge, what you mentioned, mm -hmm process mm -hmm. of absorption in the large intestine that takes place in the large intestine. So we can actually, when we go to the bathroom, we can actually have soft but firm stools, right? How mm -hmm. does that process um, basically work with a, or what's what's the difference between quote unquote, having a clean sponge versus a dirty sponge? Well, first it is important. And I, I know this is where people we try, we have to get comfortable with what we are releasing. First thing I say is after you go to the bathroom, stand up and look, because that mm -hmm. is your body's exhaust pipe. Now, if your car had black smoke coming out of it, if your black, if your car had no smoke coming out of it, that is not good. And that's the same thing with your colon. So getting to with, with the sponge type thing and how you know if you are evacuating appropriately. First, think about your food intake, the amount of food that you're intaking, and are you releasing on a regular schedule? When we do release, the shape of our movements, the color of our movements, that all indicates certain situations. So for instance, if somebody evacuates and their 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 poop is floating a, like a buoyant you know ship, that can be a sign that there is too much fat in the body. There's too much fat, not be, it's just it's it's a very fatty release. Um, if it is very heavy, it can also indicate um, some other situations that are going on as far as the body not properly breaking down and assimilating the nutrients. So when somebody, getting back to the sponge, is we want to make sure that your movement and your release is a comfortable smooth, you're not pressing down, you are not causing issues, um, gosh, can't even think of the word, but you're not pushing down and bearing down on that to have the release and it's not completely runny. Now, when I talk to my clients, it's there's a lot that goes into it because I really talk to them and ask them, what's going on? When do you release? How do you release? Do you bear down? Do you bleed if you have hormones, different things like that? And we can kind of reverse engineer what we see in the release as far as what could possibly need attention 
for the rest of the body. You know what's interesting, Julie, and I want to kind of get your feedback on this. I I kind of generalize it when, you know, how do you know if you have some sort of digestive issues or more specifically, how do you know if you have some colon issues? Um, go back and go, go to the grocery store, <laughs> go to the toilet paper section and see which people are super desperate to get toilet paper. Because mm -hmm. normally, if you have a, a, a healthy release, it's very minimal wipe. And if yeah. you have, <laughs> so the people that were so anxious were, I've got to get my toilet paper and they go through rolls and rolls of it. Mm -hmm. That's almost like an indication right there that you have a colon issue. A Would you agree with that? That's easy. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, and countering that statement to have good fiber in your diet, good mm -hmm. soluble and insoluble fiber in your diet is essential for having that clean wipe, so to speak. And you're you're absolutely true. And I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because it's 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 um you just see people just loading up on toilet paper and they just can't wait because they need their <laughs> toilet paper. But um when you have a really good movement and release, you don't need a I mean not just a little wipe absolutely for you know hygiene and all that um but you you don't need rolls and rolls and rolls of of toilet paper and so mm -hmm. when somebody is having a movement i tell them just when you look at it and everything that's just information that is just your body mm -hmm. speaking to you so it's not a right or a wrong, a bad or a good, it's just information. And so when you take that and say if somebody has, for lack of better terms, a very smudgy or greasy wipe, um, then we really need to look into getting a healthy fiber in their diet to help absorb all those toxins and pull them out in a smooth fashion. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, oh, I thought you were frozen, Julie. And oh. talking more about how to, what kind of things we can do to make our colon work optimally. You may, you mentioned hydration. You mentioned, you know, what we're eating, of course, has a significant impact. You mentioned fiber. Can you give us a little bit more of a breakdown on the type of foods, how much to drink, what other things we can do to make sure that our colon is healthy and working at its best? Okay. Well, before I answer that question, one thing I do want to say is in having a colon, like Dr. Linda asked about, how do you know you have a colon that's not working properly? In addition to what we're releasing or not releasing, that's that's a huge indicator. But also toxins come out of your body in three ways. They come out of your body through exhalation, through perspiration, and through evacuation. And if any of those three things are speaking to you, for instance, if you find yourself having um, some really bad breath, you go to the dentist, you floss, you do proper hygiene, but you still have just a little, or some burping and things like that chronic, that could be a sign that things are getting a little bogged down and a little toxic. Your skin is your largest organ. If you start having rashes coming up, dry skin, um, acne is huge for the possibility of a toxic colon. Um, and when I say toxic, uh, you know, I don't mean diseased colon. I just mean that it's, you've got a lot of toxins in there that are not being evacuated properly. So as far as healthy, yes, hydration. 
take your body weight, divide it in half. That is how many ounces of water, good water, you need on an average day. And I say average because an average day is a 75 degree day with 20% humidity in the air. We, especially in Havasu, don't have that. In the summer, we've got the air conditioning, the hot air totally drying us out. In the wintertime, we have the heat totally drying us out. So I tell my clients, try to bump that up. You really need water. Fiber, soluble and insoluble. Insoluble is kind of like the roto-rooter that just kind of helps to move through and slough off the, um, the toxins, the gunk and everything that's built up. The soluble is what we find a lot like in our fruits. It kind of, uh, it plumps up and it grabs the toxins out with it. So soluble and insoluble fiber, um, fruits and vegetables. I prefer fruits and vegetables, one fruit to four vegetables, um, doing more leafy greens and more deep red and purple fruits. Um, the richer the color, the better. Um, and try to stay away from things that are constipating. Bananas can be constipating, um, making it easy on the body. Things that will gunk up the body are uh, your simple carbs. Well, you've got your rice, you've got your pastas, you've got your breads. And I tell my clients, when you take flour and you mix it with water, you get paste. Mm -hmm. That's what's going in your system and that's what's gunking up your system. So an all natural, real food, lifestyle of eating is what I highly suggest. Can I have a quick question for you uh, really quick? And, and, and I want to get your feedback on this because I know what I felt and there is no perfect diet for one person or eating template because for many years I was plant-based and my body fat was way higher than what it should have been. And then also I've done juice cleanses. And I think we had talked about this before. There was a time where I was having a lot of um, kind of like skin and digestive issues. So I went completely carnivore. I had no vegetables, nothing but meat. My bowel movements had been the best ever <laughs> during that time. So I kind of would like to get your, um, your thoughts on that. I mean, I, I always tell patients, just because there's an eating template that is good or healthy according to some sort of organization, mm -hmm. it may not necessarily be healthy and good for you. As soon as I went plant, um, I eliminated and I loved, I love vegetables, love big salads. I would tell all my patients, 79 cups, 79 cups a day. Mm -hmm. And you still have others that push that, but then you have the other extreme as well that will they avoid all plants because of the lectins and they have their own little um, internal system that they don't want to be eaten either. They can't run away. So they have their own little toxic system that's released as well. Animals, they can run and from predators like us that are trying to hunt them. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I agree with you. I, with becoming certificated as a holistic nutritionist, I often have people say, so what is the lifestyle that you support for your clients? And I said, there is no one lifestyle. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's body is different. And what I encourage everyone to do is first do a daily food journal, write mm -hmm. down what you're eating, and 20 to 30 minutes after you eat it, how do you feel? 
because after the 20 to 30 minutes, that's how long it takes for your food generally to be digested from your stomach, moved over to where your liver and gallbladder are on, and then enter into your small intestine. So for instance, if you are eating something and 20 to 30 minutes later, you feel overly full for the amount of food that you ate, you feel gurgly, you feel bubbly. It's like there's a whole little frothy party going on in your gut. Let's look at what you're eating. It could be that you're not supposed to be having vegetables and fruit. It could be that you shouldn't combine foods in certain in certain quantities. It could be that you are um, you're eating too many carbs. And so when that gets into the small intestine, it's just like I said, like a big frothy party. You've got your sugars going on. You've got your microorganisms going on. You have all this stuff going on. So really important to do a food journal. And, and with that, do a hydration journal as well. But do the food journal, look at it, see what's affecting you good, what is not affecting you good. Some people go complete carnivore. Some people go complete plant-based. Plant it's really everybody's choice on how they proceed. And I really encourage them to talk to a nutritionist or something like you, Dr. Linda, Dr. Fernanda, to find out and to kind of walk people through it because the latest and greatest will hit the the newspaper and all of a sudden everybody's like oh i'm going this phase or i'm going that yeah. phase and they don't have any knowledge to what that phase is or that style lifestyle is truly about mm -hmm. and they're not doing it properly which throws their body totally off altogether so i really encourage people to research get the information do a food journal, see what is working for you and what's not working for you. Listen to your body. Listen mm -hmm. to your body. Mm -hmm. That is so crucial. Your, our, our bodies are always communicating with us about every single thing we do. Mm -hmm. And even, even emotionally through every situation we're in, right? It's, oh, this feels really good. Oh, this doesn't really feel good. When we're eating, oh, this, this was so good. That was such a good meal. Or I feel really heavy. So it's always going back to listening to us, mm -hmm. listening to what our bodies are saying, our emotions are saying, our intuition, what we should be doing, what feels good for us, and not necessarily what everybody else is doing. Because what everybody else may be doing that's working for them may not be the one thing that works for us. Now, Absolutely. Julie, I do want to talk now a little bit more about the actual procedure, the, the, the treatment, colon hydrotherapy. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. is it? How is it done? Who should have it done? Just give us a little bit of information about, about the, the actual colon hydrotherapy procedure, please. Okay. Well, as a, a colon hydrotherapist, I love explaining this because it really calms people's thought processes because when they first come in here, they have no idea or they watched something on YouTube that was <laughs> like a total spoof on it. So they, I really need to explain it to them. So it is very clinical, it is very clean, it is very comfortable. So in the process, the client comes in, we do a very in, a, a good detailed intake form. I talk to them a lot before we go in for our first session. Um, they do put on a gown. We are in the room together. They are on what you would call like a massage table. So a, a table um, and the machine, there's nothing in the on the machine that vibrates, vacuums out, 
rotate. You know, it's not a mechanical machine by that say. It helps to, what it does is it heats the water and it helps me with, I have the valve that I control the water flow. There is a speculum that is inserted into the client that has a water line attached and a waistline attached. The water line flows at about 0.5 PSI. PSI, excuse me. Very, so where very is it attached, Julie, just so people pardon? know? Where is pardon? it attached so people know? The water flow? You said the specula is attached. Oh, inserted. inserted. I apologize. Inserted yes. to in what area? Into the rectum. Okay. So the speculum <laughs> is inserted into, I apologize, um, inserted into the rectum where the water line feeds the water and the waistline is at the end of the speculum, which goes into the machine and out through the sewer system as if you were just flushing a toilet. So by that, right, it's very, very clean, very, very mm -hmm. clinical. And just, it's not a, it's, it's not a messy situation like some people would, would kind of think of. Um, once the speculum is inserted, the client is laying on their back, kind of like with their knees bent. And I go through a process of gentle, what I call fills and releases. The fill is when I put on the valve so that the water is then in, in going into the client, very, very low, 0.5 PSI is just like a slight trickle. And the water is heated at 98.6. It is critical that it's at 98.6. Sometimes I go up 0.1 or down 0.1, but we give the water to the client as the body's temperature receives it. Okay, um, so the water is introduced. I talk with the client. I tell them what they could be feeling, what we're doing. More importantly, the client is in control. I tell them this is what we're doing and this is what we can accomplish. But at any time the client has any questions, anything, it is their body. So I always tell them, I'm the therapist, I'm administering this, but this is your body, let's make it work for you. So just to clarify that, it's a very interactive educational session. Um, once the water is full to the level that the client can take, then we put it on release. And when I put it on release, that means that I open the valve. So the water line is still fueling water through, but it's helping to in a natural siphon process to help draw out the waste and the water that is coming from the client. So it's if anybody's ever siphoned, you know, gas or siphoned anything, it's the same general uh, what do you want to say process that um, helps the body release. Now, when the body's releasing, that is the perfect moment that we are exercising the client's colon. And when I talked about having a strong colon muscle, that's exactly where that process is happening. The colon is contracting and it is squeezing and it is pulsing. It's sort of trying to hold onto the water, but get the water out at the same time. And it makes it into a much stronger organ. So once that release is done, we might do another release. Every client is different. We're all born with the same body parts. Some body parts are a little bit larger, a little bit longer, things like that. It's whatever the client is up for on that day. And we just fill and release and we fill and release. And with that, we're trying to work up higher and higher and higher into the colon. Um, 
And what I mean by that is if, if we go in the reverse order of the colon, you go from the anus, um, the rectum, on the lower left side of the body, it's a, they call it the, it's a sigmoid, otherwise known, I call it, it's the J-trap. It kind of like loops down up and out. That's the sigmoid. If you travel up from your lower left hip bone up into just underneath your stomach, that area is called the descending colon. From our stomach area over to our liver, that is called the transverse colon. And there's a the little bit of the colon, which is the very first part when the food comes in from the small intestine, from underneath the liver down to where your appendix would be or a little bit above your right hip bone, that is called the ascending colon. So there's these little quadrants that as we do fills and releases, we're trying to get a little bit further and a little bit better of a fill and a release. So basically what the whole process is, and it lasts typically, what, 40 minutes. So mm -hmm. if a person goes in and, you know, after they've done the consultation with you, they're gowned, they mm -hmm. lay on the table, lay on their side, you um, insert the speculum inside their anus, and then you're you're filling it up, like you're, you're filling it up and water is going inside of mm -hmm. them. And then when they get that urge to like, I got to go, I got to go, <laughs> most of them feel like they got to go. That's kind of the signal for you um, switching off the valve so that it actually lets them release. And then you just repeat that process um, several times through patient tolerance or uh, do you have a system for that or just depends on if this is their first time, how many times they do it. So I'd like you to kind of share how many you know, what's, what's the recommendation? I know, Fernanda, you just had a couple and, and I know, Julie, I've done some um, treatments with you. And in the past, I've, I've done several treatments with other um, colon therapists. Mm -hmm. So what, what is kind of your guideline with that? Can you do well, too many too soon? <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, um, the, the colon is, and the whole gut is really our second brain. So mm -hmm. when a client comes in for the first time, Occasionally, the, the, the colon is, um, we have to acquaint ourselves with the colon. And I call myself the colon whisperer. I tell people, you just don't go in <laughs> raping with water. I mean, you, you really, I, you have to do what I call a meet and greet. It's just, you're getting the client's colon used to this process. So for a first time client on their first session, it can be that we are just working in the lower sigmoid, that lower left area near our left hip bone. We could just be working in there, just encouraging the colon to allow what we are asking it to do. Um, some clients come in on their first session and we do a really good full fill. But that also depends on if we are dealing with constipation, if we are dealing with, you know, I've had clients that have come in here that have not had a bowel movement in three weeks. And so it really depends on the client. Um, I do highly, 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 in fact, I will not take a client for a first time for just one session yeah. for that reason like i just talked about the colon's got to get used to it and if they come in for just one session and the sigmoid is the only area we could get to that is not a true response and a true benefit of colon hydrotherapy mm -hmm. so i request that they come in for three sessions 
within seven to 10 days, the quicker, the better we can. If somebody's dealing with like with a constipation situation, I will more than likely have them come in three days in a row because I want to work on what they're releasing and then catch it the next day. I don't want to have them have a good release and then they come back a week later and we're back at square one. So mm -hmm. I really work depending on each client and their personal needs, but three sessions is really, I, if somebody calls me and says, I've never had it before and I only wanna do one, um, on rare occasions I will, but for the benefit of the client, mm -hmm. for the client to get the true benefits of colon hydrotherapy, three sessions is so important. And I tell them, I, I say, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. I've been doing this for 17 years. Your first session, your second session, and your third session will all be different. Each mm -hmm. one will get better and better and better. And the colon brain says, oh, I've, I've done this. I know how to do this. And mm -hmm. after the third session, my, my new clients look at me and they're like, you weren't lying. They're like, I feel so <laughs> good. And I said, just trust me. And that's where it takes, yeah. I encourage people, whether it's me or another colon hydrotherapist, make sure it is somebody who is compassionate to your needs, listens to you and works with you. So I don't care if you're here, New York, Australia, News. I don't care where you are. Just make sure it's a colon hydrotherapist that is working with you because it's your body. Awesome. Julie, one question that that uh, actually just came to me as you were explaining everything with the water going in and the colon getting cleaned out and all of that. How does that or does it even affect the normal flora, the normal bacteria that we all have in our intestines? Well, in the large large intestine slash colon, there are a few bacteria, good bacteria that are in there. It really does not disrupt it because we're only dealing with the large intestine or the colon. We are not going near the small intestine, which has all that biome and that good bacteria and all those happy like little soldiers that are in there breaking down your food and assimilating it into your body. So there are some small amounts, trace amounts, but I always encourage clients, take a good probiotic. If you're not on a probiotic, get some good um, kefir. I love kefir from the health food store. Take a little sip, maybe one, two ounces of kefir after you do a colon hydrotherapy uh, just to get that back up. But your primary bacteria is really in your small intestine and we're not even going near there. We're not mm -hmm. going near there at all. And, and again, if you're if somebody is constipated and their colon's not releasing appropriately, whatever bacteria they have in there is not doing a good job anyway. Right. Julie, aside from aside from the benefits that you mentioned of strengthening the muscle, mm -hmm. what other benefits can people experience by going through uh, colon hydrotherapy? Because when the conveyor belt or the colon gets slowed down, it sends signals to the rest of the body, things to look for, which when I said acne and breath and all that, the other opposite side of that, the benefits are sleep because when you go to bed at night that's when your body is working to repair everything and if it has to spend a lot of energy on your digestive system it cannot repair other parts of the body so by evacuating the colon you can get better sleep more energy 
mental clarity, skin conditions can improve, which emotions and hormones can improve. I mean, let's face it, when we're bogged down, if, if, if somebody hasn't gone for one, two, three, four days, it affects you emotionally. You just mm -hmm. feel horrible in your gut, which affects all of your mood. Um, but it's just like a trash can. When you take the trash can out, it's clean. The rest of everything else can work. You know, it's just like a refrigerator. When you have too much stuff crammed in your refrigerator and it can't work properly, then your refrigerator is, it's, it's, it's just not going to work. But with the colon, evacuating that out, you can breathe better. You can, uh, I have clients who come in because they know that they're, they're breaking out in rashes or their acne is flaring up. Um, they can see, tell by their, by their breath. Like I said, even metabolic rates, it, by releasing out the waste, you can help the body boost the metabolic rate. Now, I want to let people know this is not a way to lose weight if somebody is on a, a crash weight loss system, okay? I, I don't offer services for people to lose colon weight um, at a drastic speed, okay? it It's all whatever, um, you know, in, in conjunction with a good, healthy lifestyle and a weight loss program, absolutely. But mm -hmm. I don't favor if somebody wants to come in and just have colon hydrotherapy because they want to lose a lot of weight quick. And that's what I love about you, Julie, is that, you know, you've, you've mastered a lot of this with health because not only um, are you looking at utilizing colon therapy, but also uh, mindset is really important. Diet is really important. And so where can people find you and connect with you? Is it your website? Is it um, uh, how active are you all on social media? And if anyone wants to work with you, that maybe you can help, um, you know, with some digestive issues or mm -hmm. even locally. I mean, we're both, we're, we're both, we're all three of us are here in Arizona. And you now I know where we live. It's just our little, <laughs> it's a little gem here, but um, mm -hmm. you know, where can people um, connect with you? Well, on social, because this is such a personal situation um people can find me on social media but what i really encourage i love to talk to my potential clients and i just i answer any questions that they might have they can call me directly my number i don't know if we want to post it in the chat or if you want me to say it um, um 928-453-7557, uh, bodyessentialsholisticspa.com. Um, but if you do call me, just leave a message. Usually I'm in session. I will return your phone call as soon as possible. I'd love to talk to you. You can reach me phone on the website. Um, you can also, we can Zoom if, if somebody would like to have besides a phone call. I do Zoom calls all the time with my clients for wellness or holistic coaching, uh, things like that. Um, anywhere, they, website, phone call. I'm ultimately, I'm, I'm personal. I, I love to talk to my clients. Julie, can Thanks you repeat so the phone number? 928 453. Seven five five seven. Wonderful. I am um, posting both the phone number and your website. So if anybody has any questions or wants to get in contact with Julie, mm -hmm. uh, you can once again call the number or visit the, the website. Absolutely. And if somebody does call that's listened to this on Facebook, please leave that in the message. 
I'd like to hear that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Julie. Really Thank appreciate you. it. And Fernanda, it's so good to have you back. I missed you and I'm excited that we got to chat about this, something so fresh for, for, for you and just the wonderful experience you went through, I think, physically, but also spiritually and emotionally. I'm sure you've had some amazing releases that hopefully we'll be able to, to chat about in, in one of our upcoming podcasts because I think Absolutely. a lot of people may have a, um, a perceived notion of something different than it really is. Uh -huh. Anyways, um, well, we're, I'm excited about all this. Thank you so much. And any last words from any of you? <laughs> I, I just want to say I'm very grateful, Julie, to have you here and do such an amazing explanation of not only our body, but the procedure and with such ease and with such confidence. So thank you so much for that. And Dr. Linda, you are amazing. I, I admire you. I'm very grateful for you. So mm -hmm. thank you. And I'm very happy to be thank back. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. So we'll see everyone next week then. Yes. Have a great day. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.